In April 2020, the United States Patent and Trademark Office ruled that only natural persons could be credited as named inventors of a patent. However, in an Australian court, in the case of Tyler v. Commissioner of Patent, on 30th July 2021, ruled that for the purposes of the Patent Act of 1990, an AI system which is not a natural person could be named as an inventor on patent applications. On the fourth episode of IP Talks, we strictly discuss patents. In the first segment, I give an overview of patents, and in the second segment, we have a named inventor. Enjoy! Welcome to IP Talks, a podcast for everyone, and most especially intellectual property enthusiasts, creatives, inventors, innovators, and business owners. We solely discuss intellectual property-related matters and how it affects you and I. IP Talks is presented to you by the Intellectual Property Law Society of Lagos State University and is hosted by me, Epun Brymore. All right, all right, all right. Welcome, intellectuals, to the fourth episode of IP Talks. Yo, like, <laughs> this is such a milestone. I think I deserve a small start. But most importantly, you that you've been following us since, like, the first episode down to this point, you deserve, like, big stouts. Ah, it has not been easy. I mean, every single week you call in, you listen, and then somebody dropped a review. And she talked about how our cosmates are now more interested in intellectual property and how they're even taking it as an elective in school. And I'm, oh gosh, I feel all fuzzy inside. Thank you so much. Everybody has been listening. And if you've not been listening, no big start for you. So just go back. Stop embarrassing your family members for the last time. I'm going to listen to the previous episodes. Okay, so... You know, the beginning of the um, episode was like a rundown of a very, very interesting case that's going on currently. And this Dr. Tala guy, ah, gosh, bless his soul. He has applied for it in South Africa, in United States. In, like, he's really pushing this AI agenda and it's just proper for us to recognize his efforts. <laughs> because it's not, I don't even so. How many, how many countries filing cases filing patent applications for his ai system it must be a very very passionate dad i mean you can only treat your children as, <laughs> as seriously as this anyway so concerning the ruling of the um u.s patent and trademark office though they said only natural persons but then in law we have natural persons and artificial persons so are they saying that companies too cannot file for patent application well if you don't understand what patent means, this is going to be a very, very tough question for you to answer. So let's just get into the episode and discuss what patent is. So first off, they said patent originated from a Latin word, pater. I said they said because there is no evidence. Yeah, so <laughs> there might be evidence too, but I didn't do my research up to that level. But patent originated from the word pater, P-A-T-E-R-E. A Latin phrase or a Latin word per se, which means to lay open for public inspection. Mm, interesting, right? So now, what is patent? First off, before we go into what is patent, the reference to all the laws will be local laws. I'm so sorry that I cannot incorporate international laws into this. 
like i'm sure my lecturer one of my lecturers i like doing comparative analysis between different countries in our exams they tell us what is the position of india south africa united states on this but like i'm so sorry i can't do that because of the time we have and also because don't let me state the other reason to be quite embarrassing i wanted to say i'm lazy but like don't let me do that don't let me do that so the reference to the laws with local laws the patent and design act of 1970 yep <laughs> our own <laughs> i don't want to talk about it 1970 nigeria is we need help and then this our patent and design act was actually tailored towards the english laws of at the time so <sighs> but like we we take what we have and hope for better so okay let's go straight to it what is patent a patent is a set of exclusive rights granted by a government to an inventor or applicant for a limited amount of time. Like, it is that easy. It is the monopoly that is given to an inventor to control acts on his invention, precluding other people from doing it or excluding other people from doing it. Like, it's straight to the point. Now, I realized something very interesting that there are different types of patents but i feel like the different types of patents is confusing because it's i don't know it borders into other aspects of intellectual property law for example now there is utility patent there is um design patent and then there's plant patent Whew. so utility patents just says that it's the most common type of patent first off like 90 percent of patent applications in the united states is based on utility patents so utility patents is saying that it is the protection of those who invent a new and useful process so you get utility patent for inventing a new and useful process period but design patents now is saying that it is the protection that is given to new or original ornamental designs i feel like it enters industrial designs a little bit but like you have to tune in for the next episode to know the differences between patent design and industrial patent uh yeah industrial design yeah, that's it industrial design and design patents <laughs> and then we have plant patent that is the protection for new plants so if you discover a new plant you can patent it but i think it enters into new plant variety a little bit but like we'll get into that in subsequent episodes but for the purpose of this episode we have three types of patents like three major types the other types though i think about four but uh, three major types are utility patents design patents and plant patents now having established that patent is like a sort of exclusive rights that is granted by the government of any country to a named inventor or applicant for a very limited period of time hmm. now what is patentable what can you patent now you can't just wake up and say okay i want to patent gary like no you can't do that what is patentable according to section one sub one of our patent and design act of 1917 a patent must be novel and it must arise from an inventive activity do you understand oh my husband well, was asking do you understand like i will get the response anyway <laughs> i hope you know that though so before you can patent a subject matter it has to be new and novel and it must have invented like it must have originated from an inventive activity so um the things that can be patentable like the subject matter includes processes machines and articles of manufacture 
Processes include algorithms, business methods, software, medical techniques, and then machines, devices, and apparatus, um, articles of manufacture, mechanical devices, electrical and electronic devices. However, there are things that you cannot patent, such as mathematical truths. You cannot patent um, almighty formula. Like it doesn't make any sense. And then, mm, very interesting. Einstein couldn't patent E equals to MC squares, squared. Because apart from mathematical truths, laws of nature and physical phenomenon cannot be patented. Abstract ideas too are not patentable. So Newton could not also patent his law of gravity. And I get the logic behind this. If he patents the law of gravity, that means he would now be the only person to be able to use it excluding other people from using the law of gravity like it's not so so like you get the point so Einstein could patent this e equals mc squared and newton could patent the law of gravity because they are precluded from the subject matter of patentable items then um hmm, on patenting software case law in the united states like permits you to patent your software so if you're a software engineer you can patent it in the united states but in the uk in the united kingdom inventions like you can't patent software but you can patent inventions that use <laughs> the software so that is it. like i've established earlier Sha, novelty is very very important when it comes to patent applications it has to be new you cannot patent something that is old do you understand so um apart from that it must have originated from an inventive activity and it must not have been obvious you cannot patent something that a person of ordinary skill in your art would naturally come up with so um if for example now um uh, oh i want to use samsung and apple but ah uh, all this apple they will come for me android users too come for me so okay let's discuss this samsung and apple they're always in court over patent matters and i'm honestly so so happy for their lawyers because they make so much money because they're always in court over oh you stole this design from me oh i didn't steal it oh you stole this from me but like in a recent case after seven years i think apple won oh i'm so sad because i'm android gang and i'm i'm betraying the android gang right now apple won the case so this is what happened you know this squarical design for um for our mobile devices the squarical no it's not square the rectangular design it was originally made by apple yeah and they, they want but anyway so <laughs> they made it and then few months later samsung i think in korea or in japan came up with their own rectangular design for smartphones so yeah samsung had to pay damages for that after like seven years in court ah wow and their lawyers just cashing out so like if a person in um obviously the next stage for the rectangular screens would be maybe elongating the screen or making it brighter or making it bigger obviously somebody skilled in the ordinary art in the field like would naturally know that okay that that's what is next it's so obvious so you cannot come up with that and then you want to patent it like it's not allowed and then um 
it must be useful it must be industrially applicable that means you know something that you can take to the industry and reproduce you can obviously reproduce smartphones and all that and then um, it must be useful yeah your patent must have like significance to humanity you can't patent something that, it, that is not useful and again loss of rights let's discuss loss of rights so you can actually lose your right over your patent ish so that is why it is very 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 important for you to patent your inventions because if you fail to patent your invention and your invention now enters public knowledge then within one year you still fail to patent that invention you will lose your right over that invention and once you lose your right over it you cannot commercially gain um benefits from it without excluding other people from also gaining benefits from it so it is very very important for you to patent your inventions and public knowledge does not necessarily mean um okay well public knowledge starts from the time the general public becomes aware of your design or your patent or whatever so if you just go out now and let's say you have a patent or you have an invention to make road tracks easy and then you go out to test it in front of the public that would not count as public knowledge or public disclosure because you've not done it in such a way that um, you're just experimenting. So if, you, if it's for the purpose of experimenting, then it is not subject to public knowledge. But if you, as an inventor or a third party, discloses in a publication concerning your patent or your invention, then it is already public knowledge. So first off, for your patent application, the first thing you have to do is patent claims patent claims are the most important part of your patent application so um if you have a patent application or if you have an invention and you wish to patent it so the first thing you have to note is that you have to have patent claims now patent claims are statements that just describe in detail exactly what your invention is about that's just it so in your writing in your write-up concerning your patent claim you are claiming that the material is your own and then it is like a determinant for if your invention will be patentable so one of the benefits of patent claim or one of the important elements is um structural elements i'm sure discussing that all these elements make up your invention and they are useful and, and this all those things are included in your patent claim so in writing your patent claim it follows no particular format but it's advisable for you to start with the preamble then go into your transition phase and then your body so in your preamble you can have um you discuss what your invention is about and then the transition phase links the preamble and the body and in the body you discuss in details the structural elements of your invention now there are two types of claims there is the very broad claim and then there is a narrow claim so it is very very important for you to have a balanced claim when you are applying for patents so the very broad claim is very very hard to get patents on these kind of claims because it is too encompassing for example now you just say okay um you want to patent a shoe it's too broad so 
you might not necessarily get your patent and if you do get your patent it is going to be very very encompassing but for narrow claims it is very very easy to get your patent for narrow claims but hmm, it will be limited that's just the disadvantage so you you have to make your patent claim in such a way that it's balanced it is not too broad and it's not too narrow so yeah that's it and then the duration for your patent patents does not last forever and ever and ever and ever and ever yeah after 20 years according to the patent and design act of 1970 you will lose your patent yeah then to enter free domain that microwave that you did you have to enjoy commercial benefits on it for 20 years and afterwards it will be in public domain for anybody else that wants to use it so yeah that's it so the purpose of patents is just to contribute to the inventive um, ability and technological innovation of um, of humanity basically so yeah that is it so i think patent is actually very interesting and straight to the point if you have an invention write your patent claim file for application get it get your patent enjoy um, commercial benefits over it and after 20 years be happy that you've contributed to humanity and you've enjoyed commercial benefits over it okay and then infringement <laughs> infringement how does patent affect you this is the way you're not an inventor but you're a infringement rapist patent this is the way you have direct and indirect infringement <laughs> now this one is very very interesting because in this subsequent i mean in the previous episodes i'm so sorry we've not discussed direct or indirect infringement but in patents we are going to discuss it direct infringement in patents requires you as a human being making or using or offering for sale any patented invention sometimes you can infringe on apple's patents by using it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then indirect infringement has to do with when you induce there are two types of indirect infringement there is induced and then there is contributory you are not the one that infringed though but you induced another person to infringe or you contributed to infringement by maybe selling parts and all that so you have to be very very careful so you don't infringe another people's patent directly or indirectly and then there is remedy for patent infringement but note you cannot enjoy these remedies as an inventor if you've not patented your invention so there is monetary relief and that is in form of damages and then there is equitable relief which is in form of injunctions so now what is like the um how would i put it what is the benefit of patents why does it exist patents exist to protect the economic um rights of the inventor it exists so that an inventor can bring up legal actions against infringement if you have a patent you can license out your patent and then it just exists to bolster um technological innovations and advancements because if you invent something and then only you can enjoy the commercial benefits over it for a long period of time you'd be inspired to invent more and then it enters public domain and people can use and expand on that invention so patent is a very very important aspect of intellectual property because it deals with inventions it deals with technological evolution as human beings patent has contributed significantly to our technological advancements um i think it was even 
like it started with the royal decrees of patents and all that but that's in patent history that's a discussion for another day if we have the time okay so <laughs> you know at the beginning of this episode i was discussing a case <laughs> that case i actually heard it from a podcast yeah you know and if you're not into into intellectual property ah might have been boring but like i was so fascinated by this guy wanting um, an ai system to be a noom inventor like it's i think it's actually going to be like the beginning of a change in um, the patent acts and patent laws if it is successful though but if it is not like to build that question in our minds that okay can an inventor's invention also be named as a known inventor ah <laughs> it's so crazy okay so let me tell you about my guy my guy is dr tala and he has been the one going to the u.s south africa uk yes actually he has gone to africa he has gone to australia he has gone to the u.s the uk all over and the thing is i understand his plight though because patent is also territorial you understand so he has been going around trying to get his ai system to be a named creator and a named inventor okay so who is he he's a researcher he runs a missouri company called imagination engines and then he has an artificial intelligence system that has been described as a device for the autonomous bootstrapping of united sentience i don't know what that is but it's called d-a-b-u-s Dabos. <laughs> Dabos. <laughs> okay d-a-b-u-s and then d-a-b-u-s now makes two inventions one improved beverage container and the other type is like a how would i put it now a pleasing beacon meant to be used in emergencies these are very very important inventions but dr Taylor, as a good father doesn't want to take all the glory for it because it's artificial intelligence system invented and created these things so it decides that okay you know what i'm going to try to get my baby a patent <laughs> i don't know what informed that decision but like it's i don't know it's interesting so now dr tyler obtained the world's first patent on an invention by an identified artificial intelligence inventor in south africa is it that amazing he actually did it in one of the countries he obtained it so we as africans we love you like we are very very generous we just give it to dr Talala. yes take it but you know now in the united states oh my god in the united states part of the united states is crazy because there are so much inventors inventing things so they have to make their laws very very broad and strict so that random people invented this cannot just get patents so the laws in united states and united kingdom is very very strict the united kingdom you can't even patent software div- um, software inventions except for if um what you can do is patent the device that is using the software invention and not the software invention itself so like the laws in this country they're like broad and strict concerning patents and inventions he did not get his patents in those countries and then um like i said earlier in april 2020 the u.s patent and trademark office ruled that only natural persons could be credited as inventors of patents now it brings to my mind are you saying that google cannot be credited as the inventor of um, the software algorithm like it brings to question all those things so maybe they meant 
natural and artificial persons. But if they are saying artificial persons, artificial persons in law only refers to companies, yeah? But like, can artificial intelligence systems also be artificial persons? There are so many questions that will spring up in your mind if you are into patents and all these things. So, hmm, in Australia, the federal court now ruled in the case of Tala versus Commissioner of Patent, that for the purposes of their own Patent Act of 1992, an artificial intelligence system could be an inventor on a patent application. I'm sure it would have felt like, oh my God, that is such a big win for me. Now, the judge in Australia listed out like the reasons for his decisions. First, he said that the inventor is an agent now. Like, it was so fascinating to me because it actually makes sense. According to him, he said, a noun, what is a noun? You know, a noun is the name of any person. So, like, he's saying that since inventor in the act is an agent now, that means the name of a person or a thing. So, a person or a thing can be an inventor since it is an agent now. So, he was trying to use the, uh, how would I put it? Um, hey, I forgot, you know, the golden rule, the, hey, Jesus, my law knowledge in the mud. The literal room. <laughs> oh my god. The way I forget things these days. So it was trying to use the literal room for the um act and saying, okay, inventor, agent now. A person I think can then be an inventor. Now, another argument he brought up was the fact that there was no specific provision in the act that refutes the artificial intelligence systems from being an inventor which actually makes sense actually but and then he also said that since the invention promotes technological innovation which is one of the purposes of patent why can't an artificial intelligence system be an inventor and, well this makes a lot of sense but like it was not agreed in the us and in the uk but it is very very important to note that all this is just a court decision it is not the law yet and does not per se revolutionized patent law but my own position on this should be from section 2 sub 4 of um, 2 sub 4a of the patent and trademark act now it discusses cost of employment mm, mm. so my own is okay this is what it states that any invention that is made by an inventor in the course of his employment would not naturally belong to the inventor but it would belong to the company or his employer that's the position of the law my point is the ai system is supposed to be like an employer it is working for the um this is working for the company now so it is an employer but like it brings into question a lot of things that can a machine be an employer and um, an employee but in that context if it is possible then if it is done in the course of employment then i think it should naturally belong to the employer so it should naturally belong to dr talos and not the artificial intelligence system that's my take on it but like if you have contrary opinions you know where to find us at ip lasso on twitter intellectual property law society on linkedin IPLS Lasso on Instagram. And also, mm, you can also leave a voice message for me on Anchor. So if you want to leave a voice message concerning this matter, you can leave it. But that's my own position on it too. That we should use cost of employment mentality to judge this thing and to gauge it. 
Okay, guys. So that brings us to the end of this very, very long episode on patents because we had a case study that I had to discuss. It was very, very interesting. I could not just let it go. So if you have contrary opinions, you can always reach out to us. Thank you very much, guys. See you next week. Oh, we are going to the next segment. So bye. <laughs> See you next week after the next segment. <laughs> bye, guys. segment of patents episode we have kevin Owen. did i get the pronunciation correctly <laughs> yeah you 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 tried <laughs> okay he's an engineer an inventor and an entrepreneur he co-founded um, study smart and starbucks one of the reasons why we have kevin here is because he's a patent holder and i discovered something very interesting from your linkedin so you were the best graduate student of Upward in 2017. You have a CGP of 5.0 about 5.0. Ah, you're a scholar. Yeah, can you please tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Um, yeah, like you said, um, I'm Kevin Alwyn. I am um, basically a dreamer. I um, grew up, you know, loving how to build things, um, loving how to learn about space, loving how to think about, you know, how to bring things into the world. So, yeah, that's who I am. My core DNA is about innovation. I love, you know, coming up with new things, new products. And yeah, like you noted, I co-founded a technology company, Starbucks Technologies. Um, been running that for a number of years now, and um, we are basically into technology, you know, in, in the different aspects of that. So, started from code design, um, web technologies, mobile apps, and now we're into like robotics and AI. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, that's, that's a little about me. I was expecting you to see your popular tagline solving problems technology, innovation, and sharing growth <laughs> insights about the way. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, it does. Sounds a bit cheesy now. So I think oh. I need to go back to the... <laughs> I, I <laughs> need to go back to the journey. But... <laughs> it was precise and straight to the point. Okay, so what do you understand by patents, Kevin? Okay, yeah. So, um, first of all, like a disclaimer, I'm not a legal advisor. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I, I watch I watch all these crypto videos and then they always make it a point to say, oh, I'm not a financial advisor. So I'm not a legal advisor. So anything I say, right, is just with my own limited knowledge. Um, but a patent basically is just a a unique right that an inventor has, you know, to to exert over um, an invention. So this is something that you have brought into the world. This is something, a new way of doing things or a new product you thought of. So it's a right that protects you, you know, to say, okay, this is my own invention and then I have the legal um, wherewithal, you know, against that particular um, invention. So that's my understanding. All right. So in 2016, you were issued a patent on asthma management and monitoring technology consisting of a wearable device. Can you tell us a bit about your patent or your patented invention? 
Okay, so it's not just mine. Um, there are other inventors on that particular patent invention or patent application. So basically, I was in the 2015 Microsoft Imagine Cup um, global competition. Um, we represented Nigeria in Seattle. And um, our invention was an asthma wearable device. So it was a device that myself and three other people um, came up with while we were, you know, undergrad at Affair Babalola University. So myself, Raymond Obinaju, um, Olua Shewade Yamo, and Tim Lenny David. Um, so we came up with the idea and um, we were able to patent it successfully, like you know, said, um, sometime in 2016. Yeah, so basically, it's a wearable device that helps you um, forecast the possibility of going into like an asthma attack. Oh my um, god! If you, yeah, if you have like an asthmatic um, condition. That's great. Okay, so now we know that your invention is highly useful. And so, how strenuous was get? How strenuous was it getting an invention patent on invention, especially in Nigeria? Do you have like patents in other countries or just Nigeria? Okay, yeah. So that's one of the things I'll talk about later. But um, the patent okay. is, is in Nigeria, actually. All right. It's in Nigeria. So strenuous. Um, well, you know, if they say there's like this popular saying that if you, you know, if you want to go, is it go far, go alone. But if you want to like go well, go with others, something like that. So. It wasn't exactly strenuous. Um, obviously, with any new innovation, there, there's a lot of um, dedication and time that needs to be put into the idea itself. But as far as the application process went, um, we had a good lawyer, you know, and that's something I would advise any inventor or innovator to you know consider having. We had a good lawyer, so the process wasn't so um tasking basically it was something we had already come up with so they just gave us a format to kind of put out the um, invention you know schematics and all that and we did that and filed for the um, application and i think um in about six months or so um we had gotten the confirmation i think a bit more than six months let's say six to eight months we had gotten the Okay. Did it require financial obligations for me? Oh, definitely. <laughs> so um, we we realized we we're going to the international stage, right? And we wanted to protect this idea. So at the moment, right, we had to just pull together funds and make sure that we got it, um, we got it as quickly as possible. That was our concern. They were other concerns we should have had, you know, but that was like the pressing concern. Like time is of the essence, and then you're going to the international stage. So we just, you know, did it as quickly as possible. All right. Okay. So, what advantages of getting a patent earned you so far? <laughs> okay. So, um, when you're talking about a hardware solution, right, and you're thinking about going global with a product you know or a service um, that you intend to see in the market physically you you really need a patent for 
um, international investors to take it seriously. So my team and I were fortunate to, um, at the time because of the competition we're in and I say God's grace, yeah, definitely. We got to meet like with the leadership of Microsoft's band team. Um, so I don't know if you've heard of the Microsoft band. <laughs> it has been discontinued, <laughs> but it was like before run out, so like Apple Watch, you get something like that. Okay. Um, so yeah, we got to have those meetings and yeah, we're still, you know, that was like five years ago or so. Yeah, so we're a bit young, still in school. You know, so that was like an amazing opportunity. So yeah, if you're really serious about commercializing your idea at a, go- at a global scale, yeah, that's the advantage. Are you working on new inventions? <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> um, like I said, I run a tech company and um, we are consistently thinking of new ways to just um, improve society. So a couple of years ago, my friends and I um, in the company, we got together and started thinking of how we could really contribute to Nigeria and, you know, contribute to like technology growth and adoption in Nigeria. And we figured out like children, youths are the future. So right now we are building a couple of um, robotic kits um, that children can use to learn how to build robots. Um, So yeah, um, when we commercialize that, definitely we would patent them and the new technologies in them yeah so that's um, what uh, most of my time is devoted to right now that's amazing so do you have any advice for fellow inventors advice get a lawyer okay no please go on yeah so so i think um not just getting a lawyer for getting a lawyer's sake, but getting a lawyer to really understand um, the breadth of what is possible, right, with, with what you have. Um, a, any good lawyer would look at what you have and tell you that, okay, they feel like this is something that you should protect yourself um, against. You know, they can play out scenarios for you and help you look at the bigger picture. If you're like me, or if you were like me, if you are still like me and you know a bit young, you might have a narrow perspective, you know, towards things. So it, it helps to get that outside perspective. And then also um, another advice I would give is to really be be humble and open. You know, you don't know where opportunities and ideas would come from. And if you're passionate about you know seeing your inventions out in the world you have to rely on serendipity, right? So just coincidences. And um, the first, this first patent um, that I have was, you know, out of serendipity also. So I think those are two really important things. Get good advice and be really open about things, yeah. I think I would apply that to my life too, even though I'm not an inventor. <laughs> anyway, so you mentioned something on artificial intelligence. So I have a personal question for you concerning that. So there okay. is this trendy patent case concerning Dr. Thala. Have you heard about it? Dr. what? Thala. T-H-A-L-E-R. He wants to get a patent for his AI system. Okay. So the AI system will be recognized as a named inventor instead of Dr. Thala himself. 
okay so is ai system creates other things like they make other inventions so it wants to get a patent for the inventions the ai systems but it wants his ai system to be recognized as the named inventor or the name mm-hmm. like what's your take on that did you get it yeah i got that um yeah it, it's it's an ethical question and this is really a field i'm very interested in because like i also want to go into like ai ethics because i feel that's a really big part of the future and a lot of people don't realize that you know when elon musk and other great people go out there and cry that oh this thing can really end us you know people don't take it um seriously but um in that particular case yeah so if you look at it legally because i'm a i'm a fan of you know being pretty straightforward and looking at things plainly if you look at it legally a an inventor right is anyone now are we including anything in the case of an ai that comes up with a new way of doing things so if it was the computer's own um well i say personal okay that's now you know something you can't exactly attribute to a computer but if it was the if it was the computers or the ai's own ingenuity right that came up with that particular let's say it's a protein protein matrix that no one has ever thought of before or it's a computational device or whatever that it comes up with i think yeah that patent should be assigned to that particular ai as an inventor um i know there are things like original assignee and all that so yeah the original assignee can be the human being but then the inventor itself actually if you look at it plainly and objectively it was the ai so your take is um, AI system should recognize as inventor? Yeah, definitely. definitely. If, okay. If, um, if an AI can beat a human being at a game of chess and, you know, you give him that credit, you should also be able to give him credit for other things. Obviously, there will be an original assignment, which is the human being. But then the inventor itself can be the, can be the AI. Okay, thank you very much for your opinion. All right, <laughs> that brings us to the end of our segment. Why are you laughing? Thank you so much, yeah. Kevin. For it was an interesting one. Yes, ah, thank you so much for making it so interesting. It was really, really nice having you. And then, concerning this personal question, I had like an alternative opinion, but okay. thank you for clarifying that. Thank you, I think we can hear that. Okay, <laughs> my opinion is. The AI should be in the purview of an employee for the company and any invention that is done in the course of your work would naturally belong to the company or the employer. So if we are looking at it from the perspective of, okay, the AI is working for this employer, then anything it creates should just belong to the employer. Yeah, yeah that's also a first point. Also, I think it, it can um still be done in tandem you know what i said about like the whole original assignment but the problem is with ai systems recognized as employees well they are definitely agents you know that uh they are autonomous in their own time right? but yeah they still need to be directed right they still need to be giving goals so, okay this is what you need to do and then they do that on their own so yeah, you could look at this and that sense, but yeah, it's a whole different ethical question on its own. 
All right. So thank you so much, Kevin, for coming on our podcast episode. And yeah, uh, Kevin, I've been everywhere now. LinkedIn, yeah, I am. Medium. I saw your medium. I'm not stalking yeah, you. I, I do a bit of writing now and then. <laughs> I know, right? So, cool. so you can catch up with Kevin Owen everywhere. Should I give them your number soon? There I go. There you go. All right. Thank you but, so much. Yeah, so. I'm more, I'm more, I'm more active, or I'll try to be more active on LinkedIn. So yeah, that's the best place. So. All right. Time. So that brings us to the end of our segment. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Bye. All right. Have a good one. Thanks.